Hi everybody, Mike Wardrock from Encounter Church here, and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. church. It is good to see you. Hey, I'm excited today. I'm going to set myself a timer because I love prayer and I feel like I might just talk your ear off for a while. So I'm going to, hey, my, today I get to preach on, we're starting our Hey Google series and my topic is, Hey Google, how do I pray? Here's a summary from World Vision. I hope they will encourage you to make 2022 a year of prayer. One, know to whom you are speaking. Two, thank him. Three, ask for God's will. Four, say what you need. Five, ask for forgiveness. Six, pray with a friend. Seven, pray the word. And eight, memorize scripture. Wow, Google, that's a lot. That is so good. I can just sit down now, my job is done, everybody. Hey, do you know, there are so many questions and there are so many things in this topic of prayer and I am not gonna cover them all today. I would love to. Whenever I start a sermon, I do a a mind map. So I just kind of put everything that might possibly come to my mind on it. And um, the amount of questions (laughs) that I had around prayer personally, there is no way in probably half an hour, I'm just giving you a warning, I can cover them. Um, So one of the things we are doing alongside this series is we are running our Google Scholar. And next week, Brant Jones is going to be here from one till two answering heaps more of these questions, much better than I can. Um, So I would encourage you today, if I'm talking and I say something and you're not sure and I don't quite answer it or you've got other questions, why don't you write them down? And come next week, we can have a big Q&A with Brant. He's going to talk. It's going to be awesome, and we will unpack him. But I hope today that I can just help you feel a little bit more confident in praying. Now, I've labeled my message today, prayer is a relationship. Prayer is a relationship. And we all know, if we've been in one, that relationships are journeys, right? It is relationships. It is a journey in every single relationship, right? You don't start off in a relationship knowing everything about the person and knowing exactly how to communicate with them. Actually, you're actually quite horrible when you start and you learn to get better. Mike and I, so much better 15 years later, just saying, so much better. Hey, look, you know, for me, my prayer journey has been really interesting. When I was um, very young, I've shared this story before, I gave my life to Christ when I was four years old, um, and I sat there in the front row, and I started doing like this, right? I'm not Catholic, never been Catholic. I used to think that the reason I did that was because I'd watched Sister Act, but I was four. Like, surely my parents didn't let me watch Sister Act at four, I don't know. Anyway. But I did, I think it was just because it was all I knew. I knew the sign of the cross, and so I wanted to some way communicate with God, and that was just how I knew as a little four-year-old to do that. But as I've grown up, my relationship with God has changed, my prayer relationship has changed. We had an Alpha uh, weekend, uh, a couple of weekends ago on the Saturday, maybe last weekend, I can't even remember, and we prayed for an hour, and I thought we'd been praying for about 15 minutes. Because I love prayer, and I've got to the point where I, if I don't pray, I miss it. I know there is something deeply inside of me that I miss. But I have so many questions around prayer. Even 34 years later, you can do the math, how old I am. For 34 years later, I still have so many questions around prayer. Things like, you know, do I have to be a Christian to pray? 
Does prayer work? What does God's voice even sound like? Did Jesus pray? Is there, is there a wrong way to pray? What do I say when I pray? And the list could go on. So let's, we're going to dive into just a few of those questions today. And we're going to look at how Jesus prayed as well towards the end, okay? So bear with me while I try and wrestle through some of these questions. Some of them I'm going to go through real fast because I don't have the time to answer them. And other ones I'm going to go into a little bit more depth. So firstly, what is prayer? Well, Christians are actually not the only ones to pray. Muslims pray, Hindus pray, there's plenty of other religions that pray. But we particularly pray to God. We pray to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. You know, when we simply say, Holy Spirit, come, what are we doing? We're inviting the Holy Spirit to come. We're communicating with the Holy Spirit. And so prayer is us communicating with God and God communicating with us. We don't worship a God who's dead, friends. We worship a God who's alive. And when someone's alive, it means they can have a relationship with you. And so that's why prayer is actually a relationship, because you're not worshiping someone who's dead. So why shall we pray? Well, when God says pray, I like to ask why. God, you know everything. God, you are in complete control. You are holy, you are majesty, you are worthy. Why would I pray? John Wesley says, God does nothing on the earth except in response to believing prayer. Now, I'm not sure I hold to that theology because God created the world before he created us. So I'm not sure on whose prayer he was working there. But what the point is, is that we come to the conclusion that God actually uses us in prayer. He wants us to pray because he, he uses us through our prayers. Now, um, when we see people pray in Scripture, Throughout scripture, we see the way it changes the situation that they're in, all right? We see Abraham who, uh, God says, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and Abraham, he says, actually, what if I find 50 good men? And God says, yeah, all right. What if I find 40, what if I find 30, what if I find 10 good men? And God says, all right, if you find 10 good men, then I won't wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham pleaded with God. He bargained with God to change his mind. And in that situation, Lot was saved. We look at Jonah and Nineveh. Once Jonah got over the whole, I don't want to do this, and he went and did what God called him to do, he, he essentially, God, what God said to him was, go, go to Nineveh and tell this town that I'm going to wipe them out, that their sin and the evil doings that they're doing, I need to wipe them out. And eventually Jonah gets there and he tells them, hey, you're going to get wiped out. And you know what they do? They pray, they take off this, and they worship God in that moment. And do you know what God does? He changes it, and he doesn't wipe them out. Prayer, without prayer, they would have been wiped out. So can we change God's mind? I'm not sure, if I'm really honest with you. Scripture might say yes, but some people would actually would say no. But one thing I can be sure of is that situations... People are changed through the power of prayer. And that is something I am very sure of. Now, if, if, if we do change God's mind or God makes a decision or, or God does one thing and then does another, let me just state this very clearly. God is not wrong. God is holy and righteous 
And nothing he does is wrong, as hard as that is for us to sometimes understand. All right, so if, if, if at the beginning, right, Ni- just to put this in some kind of context for you, Nineveh was sinning and the punishment for sin was death. And we'll get into Jesus later, all right? But the punishment for sin was death. And then they repented. And repentance brings life. So God was just when he said he was going to wipe out Nineveh. God was also just when he didn't wipe out Nineveh. He was not wrong on either occasion, friends. I fully believe that our prayers can change things. I believe that God wants to move through us, and he chooses to move through us. And we see it throughout Scripture, and I don't have heaps of time to go over any more Scripture, but there is lots of times when we see that happen. One of the really important times that we see it happen is when Jesus is about to die, and he goes and he pleads with God, and he says, God, if you can take away this cup, if you can take away the cup of death that I'm about to drink, please do. But the next line's really, really important. He says, but not my will, but yours. And the thing we've got to understand with prayer, anytime we're looking at prayer, is it's God's will above our own. It's God's will that we actually need. There was nothing, uh, that, nothing that would be more important for Jesus than it was to do God's will, even at the cost of his own life. Now you may ask the question that I have answered plenty of times, why doesn't it seem like God answers my prayers? And I think we need to wrestle with this topic because we know as a church that we have been in a season where we have been praying and fasting about things that did not happen, that we did not feel like God had heard our prayers. But I'm gonna preface this with this before I do. I cannot give you a full, complete answer at this. I can't. I do not completely understand why God doesn't answer all of our prayers. But I hope that I can give you some reasons why, give you some understanding as to why it might not feel that way. Earlier this year, I heard a preacher say, we can't know God exhaustively, but we can know God accurately. We can't know God exhaustively, but we can know him accurately, friends. Part of understanding the answer to this question is to know who God is. God is all-knowing. He is holy and he is never wrong. He He is all these things. And if we truly believe that, if we truly believe that God is holy and can do no wrong, then we have to trust that he knows the prayers of our hearts. And when he says no, or the answers to our prayers are not what we had hoped for, sometimes we have to trust that he is still not wrong. Now, I personally sometimes find that as a really hard pill to swallow. I'm just being honest with you here, friends, today. I love prayer. But in Scripture, it says things like this. In Matthew 17, 20, it says, Truly I tell you, if you, have, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Or Mark eleven twenty four. therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Now that's hard to read and not think, well, is it me? Do I not have enough faith to move these mountains? What am I doing 
that's wrong? I know that's a question that I've asked many a times when I read through scriptures like this. And perhaps there is an element of truth in that. But can you imagine if we all had the faith to move mountains? We've seen a movie about that. And what happens? It's chaos. Absolute chaos. Can you imagine if every single one of your prayers were answered in the way that you wanted? Can you imagine what our whole world would actually look like? Sometimes we have to trust that God actually knows what he's doing. That God is actually in control. We must understand that, yes, we do need to have faith, but even more than faith, aligning ourselves with God's will is a part of prayer. Aligning ourselves with God's will is a really important part of prayer. Here is the most important thing you need to understand. Knowing God matters in how we pray. Knowing who God is matters in the way in which we pray. The more we know God, the more we will know God's will. And the more likely our prayers are to align with that will. Then we can pray, pray according to his will, not our own. How many times have I wanted something so bad? And God's just said, Ashley, that's not in my will for you. Trust me. Now, once we start to get to know God and our prayers start to align with him, then we can start to see uh, the way in which God moves in our world and in our situations that he's called us to pray for. It doesn't mean all our prayers will be answered. It does not mean all your prayers will be answered because we are, per- we are not perfect and God is. And it definitely won't always be answered in the way that we want. And this is where we sit in the in-between mystery that in-between space of not fully understanding why a God of love could allow these things to happen. We sit in this, and yes, yet a wise woman said to me, who's been through the worst of times, and she said, Jen, I've lived in that place of being angry and questioning God for so long, and it didn't help me. I don't wanna live there. I wanna live where I trust God. Trusting him helps us. It helps us understand him. It helps us lay our own preferences down at the foot of the cross. Let me tell you, God doesn't rejoice in death or pain. He felt for us so much that he desperately wanted us to be in an eternal relationship with us. He saw our pain and our separation from him, so he sent his only son down to die for us so that we wouldn't have to live in that separation from him, that we could have eternity with him, that we could be in a relationship with him. That's why he sent Jesus. Now, if your prayers haven't been answered, I wanna encourage you right now. God is still in control. He's still in control. I wanna say to you that if you wanna have more peace, can I encourage you to pray things that align with God's will? I wanna encourage you to move your prayer from petitioning God to companionship with God. So let's move our prayer from petitioning God to actually companionship with God. So how do we move to companionship with God? Well, companionship is simply one who walks side by side with another, not tagging along behind, but together, united. 
Guys, isn't it amazing that we have a God who created the world, who created the universe, who loves us completely, who could reign and rule from on earth, but what he does, he came down to earth to walk with us, alongside us, to encourage us, to meet us right where we're at. Because he knows the pain that we're going through on this earth, but he says, I will walk with you in that. I find that amazing. I find that beautiful. Actually, um, when I was, was thinking and, and thinking about this earlier on, I just started to cry at the idea that we have a God that loves us so much that he wants to walk alongside us. So friends, um, this topic on how do I pray, there's a long list of ways you can pray. But let me tell you, it actually doesn't have to be all that confusing. Prayer simply is a relationship. It's simply a two-way street where you get to talk to God and he actually gets to talk back to you. So how do I pray? It's all right, I'm only 16 minutes in and I'm just getting to the topic. How do I pray? All right, let's push through. We can pray here as a church, as a corporate group, and we do often, and it's awesome. I encourage you, gather a couple of people to pray with you. It's so powerful. But I actually think there's something more important that we have to do first, and that's learn to be alone with Jesus. So our scripture today from Matthew verse 6 that Jeremy read to us. When you pray, do not be like hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I, see, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Warning to all of you leaders, all of you people that stand up here or stand in front of your life group or uh, do something and you teach where you teach the gospel. Do not be hypocrites. Do not pray up here with loud voices and fancy words and not pray at home. That is what Jesus is talking about here. Do not be like the hypocrites. Let's be people who love prayer and who go to those intimate, deep places with the Lord away from this building. It says here, when you go into your room, close the door and pray to the Father who is unseen. So when you go, it's not talking about closing your room into your house and then sharing with your family. It's great, please pray with your family. Pray on your own. Go and have that, we talk about it all the time, the secret place with God. That secret place with God is so important because that's where the relationship is built. It's not built here on the platform. It's built in that quiet time, that secret place with the Lord. And when you, when you pray, don't babble on like pagans. Don't keep talking like I'm doing right now. <laughs> Go into your quiet place with God and spend time with him. Ask him. One of the things about knowing God's will, guys, is if you don't know, if you don't ask, you can't know. Yeah, really if you don't take the time to ask God for his will, how will you know his will? And it goes on. You do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. The Lord knows what you need. The Lord knows what you need. So you know what, sometimes when you get to the end of yourself, I encourage you, go to God and just sit there with him because he knows what you need. And I can guarantee you that the peace, what you've been looking for is the peace of God. What you've been looking for is that deep relationship with God, that intimate relationship that's not necessarily found here in a room where everyone's watching you, but is found in your quiet place with God. So if prayer is a relationship, then you need to spend time with God. Let's quickly look at how Jesus prayed. Jesus went away constantly. So Jesus didn't just say, 
go and close the door in your room. He also did that. Many times you hear and you read in the scriptures throughout the gospels of Jesus going up onto a mountaintop and praying on a mountaintop. In Matthew 14, I'm not going to read it all, but he, he, it's essentially Jesus has been teaching all day. And instead of going, oh man, I'm so tired, I've been preaching and teaching all day, he says, do you know what I need to refresh my spirit? I'm going to go and pray. And then he goes up to this mountaintop and he prays throughout the night. And then it says, uh, right before dawn, he got up to go to his disciples. Now, I just did a kids camp on Friday. And I can tell you that if I had fallen asleep on Friday night, there is no way in heck I would have gotten up before dawn the next morning. Is that right, Adelaide? She slept from 7.30 to 9.30 over 12 hours. It was amazing. 14 hours. Do you know, I feel like if Jesus had been ministering all day, then he might not have gotten up in that early morning to go and pray. So I wonder if perhaps Jesus was being filled not by sleep, but by prayer, by communicating and having a conversation with his Father and being filled by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew the importance of prayer. He knew that often prayer is actually more important than sleep. Imagine that, prayer is more important than sleep. In Adelaide, in Australia, in our very white, western, you know, comfortable world, Jesus said, oh, hey, maybe prayer is more important than sleep. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm all for Sabbath. I will be Sabbathing tomorrow. We can talk about Sabbath another day. I believe in it. Jesus believed in it. But also Jesus believed that prayer was the most important thing. Jesus believed that prayer is the work. Prayer is the work. And in Luke 6, he does it again. It was, it was this time that he went off to the mountain to pray and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. And you know what he did the next day after he spent the whole night in prayer with God? He then assigned his disciples, his 12 disciples. Jesus knew that prayer was important, but also that making decisions without communicating with the Father was super important. So he spent time, he, Jesus believed that the most important things needed to be fought out with God in prayer. And so he did that. He fought it out in prayer with God, and then he announced his disciples. Before we appointed anybody in leadership in this church, we prayed and we fasted. And we asked God, we asked all the right leadership questions, don't get me wrong, in the, in the interviews and all that jazz. And then we stopped and we prayed and we fasted and we asked God. Because God's will is better than our will. It's better than our understanding. I also find it interesting that Jesus went off to pray after extreme times of ministry. He knew that sleep was not enough to keep him going. And I wanna challenge you in that. I mentioned it before, but I just wanna challenge you. That, at, that when, you, when we say rest in Sabbath, we're actually not talking about sleep. We're actually, when we talk about Sabbath and rest, we're actually talking about being with God. So when you Sabbath, you do things that bring you joy, right? And I hope spending time with the Lord is bringing you joy. So I just want to encourage you to do that. I was really, really blessed a few months back. I got to go on a, uh, a prayer retreat with my beautiful friend Jess and Lucy that are here. And um, I, I prayed for three days. The only time I was on my phone was when I watched church online because I couldn't be in the building. And I prayed for three days and I have never felt more close to God than I did after that prayer retreat. Never. 30 something years, thank you Lucy, because it was an awesome experience. Now I know that that's a privilege. I get that, that I had the absolute privilege of doing that and really blessed by Lucy who put that on. 
But I want to encourage you that you too can take those times with God, that your prayer and your time with Jesus matters, and that maybe you need to prioritize this over some other things. Maybe there are some things that you've been doing that, you know, actually, I need to prioritize my prayer life. I need to prioritize my relationship with God. So I encourage you, prayer matters, and it mattered to Jesus, and it should matter to us, church. It should matter to us. Now, friends, I get asked all all the time, what do I say when I pray? What do I say? Say anything. Do you know what the psalmist does? They cry out in pain. They rejoice and celebrate in the good times. Say anything. God's not afraid of your questions. He's not afraid of your yelling. He's not afraid of your quiet, desperate pleas for him. I would say, say whatever comes to your heart. I am personally dyslexic. So every now and again, I say things that do not make sense. The other, last time I preached, I talked about the sun exploding. I meant to say the light went out, but I said the sun explodes and everyone's like, you're gonna die and it just didn't all make sense. And, and that happens sometimes, but do you know when that doesn't happen? Is when I pray on my own, because it doesn't matter. I can say whatever to God and he gets it. He understands me. He knows what's on my heart. So I wanna encourage you just to pray what's on your heart. Now, if you've never prayed before, can I encourage you, Matthew and Luke, uh, in Matthew and Luke, Jesus uh, teaches his disciples to pray um, by praying the Lord's Prayer. And if you know it, you can say it out loud. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we also forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Hey, I'm not going to unpack the Lord's Prayer today. I do not have time, but we did a whole seven-week series on it. You can find it on our podcast. It was awesome. But if you've never prayed before, why don't you start there? Why don't you start praying the Lord's Prayer? And then what? And then what? Well, guess what? Also in Luke and Matthew, Jesus then says, knock and keep on knocking. Knock and keep on knocking. Friends, I have been praying for eight years for my friend with motor neuron disease. He was given two years to live and I've said, and he and all his family and everyone around him said, no, we're gonna fast and pray. And we've been fasting. And you know what? I will fast and pray until the Lord takes him up to heaven. I pray in 80 years time, maybe 70. It's like 30. So, but I, I, I will continue to fast and pray for him. Because I believe that prayer moves things. And I don't, I don't know what the will of God is for his life, right? So I, I don't know what the will of God is for his life. But when I pray and I fast for this guy, I say, Lord, your will be done. Yeah. As hard as that is to say for my best mate in the whole world's husband, I say, Lord, your will be done above all else. Because I know that God is good. And I know that his plans, even if I can't understand them, are still good. You know, not having my prayers answered in the way that I would like them changes me. It challenges me. It grows me. It reminds me of who is in complete control. Prayer, when I spend time in prayer, it changes my spirit. It brings me peace and joy It focuses me. When I pray, I am more focused on God and His will. I find when I am more focused on His will and I pray, Lord, your will be done, I find I feel this sense of peace that comes upon me. 
I've listened that when I stop speaking, when I, when I get to the end of myself, when I finish praying, and then I listen, and I simply be with God, that's where I actually find my sense of peace. That's where I find my purpose. And if you are wrestling to hear God's voice, and I know there are lots of people in the room that say, I have no idea how to hear God's voice. My first advice to you is do what Jesus did. That's my answer to everything. Do what Jesus did. Go away from the noise. Find your mountaintop place, whether that be a real mountaintop, whether that be uh, kneeling beside your bed. Go and find that place and listen for the Lord there. Pray until you run out of things to pray, then listen. Because we all know we need to unload sometimes, right? God's okay with that. And then I would say to you, as you sit there and you listen, if other thoughts come into your mind, just say these words, I rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus. If that's not of you, God, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I do that all the time. I'm sitting there and I rebuke it. And then if God places something on your heart, write it down. It's very easy to forget when you're in prayer. I always have a, a Bible. And one of the things I loved about the prayer weekend is we all wandered around with our, our, um, our journals and we just wrote down whatever God said to us on that prayer weekend. I'm going to give you a couple of quick pieces of practical advice in the band. You can come on up. Um, make this time weekly. What I want to do is I want to, every day this week, sorry, what I want to do is I want to challenge you. I want you every day this week to find some time to pray. All right? I know that's a challenge. I know that's something that, you know, um, you might go, that's just crazy, Jen. I don't care if it's five minutes. I'd love you to spend five minutes every day this week just pressing into, into God. Maybe you want to get up with us at 7 a.m. We have a Zoom meeting from 7 to 7.15. You can have your screen off like I do. And you can pray with us. But I really encourage you to make prayer the center of your week this week and watch what God does. Maybe it's, maybe it's on your way to work. Turn off your radio and just pray. But we ask, I, I want to ask you that. Will you align yourself to God and his will in your life. To know the will of God is beautiful and it's life-giving. To be aligned to that will is everything. Rebuke everything that's not of God and allow his spirit to really speak to you. Ask God to break your heart for what breaks his. Then once you've made that specific time with God, I wanna encourage you to try and make prayer an everyday part of your life. I, want to, I would love for us all to get to the place where we're in a relationship with God, where we constantly talk to God, where we constantly communicate with God. Do you know when I had babies my, and little kids, someone said to me, pray while you do the dishes. Because <laughs> that was the only time nobody would bother me because they didn't want to do the dishes. And so I would pray while I did the dishes, <laughs> including Michael. Yeah. And I would pray while I did the dishes. And you know what? Now... I just pray all the time. The other day I had a moment and I was like, I don't think I've prayed for the last couple of days. And God just nudged me and he just said, no, Jen, you've learned to start praying continuously. You've learned that's the meaning of that scripture, pray without ceasing. I used to ask God, I used to pray about everything. And Mike would say to me, Jen, you don't need to pray about putting the bins out. You can just put the bins out. He was wrong. I need to pray about it. I wasn't meant to put the bins out. I hate putting the bins out. But you know what I was doing? I was, trying to, I was trying to teach myself that God is in everything, that he is a part of our life in everything, that we can communicate and we can speak to him at every moment of every day when our child is screaming, when we're at work and um, someone's yelling at us about something we've done wrong, we can pray without ceasing. I actually specifically got this word, when you put the signs out at work, 
be praying. So I don't know who that's for. I don't know who puts the signs out at work. But just as I was writing it, I really felt I needed to say that. So let's pray without ceasing, church. Your prayers change things. They build relationships with Jesus and they are powerful. And we have a God who does move mountains, even when they're not the mountains that we want moved. So do not stop praying, friends. Do not stop praying. I see the outworkings of people who pray. I see the peace that rises up in them. I see who they are. And you know, I think God loves those deep and intimate relationships that they have. And I honestly believe if we're gonna be the church that God wants us to be, and I'm in capital C church here, not in counter church. If we're gonna be the church that God wants us to be, then we're gonna have to become faithful in prayer. I don't know about you, but I want an intimate relationship with God. And I know that starts with prayer, friends. Jeremiah 29 says, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Seek him with all of your heart, friends. When you seek him with all of your heart. For some of you, you've been seeking him, but not with all of your heart. And God is saying, if you wanna find me, seek me with all of your heart. Now church, we're gonna pray, because I can't preach on prayer without praying, right? And I love to start my prayers with praise and end with praise, because he is the God of all, of everything. But I'm gonna leave some space in the middle for you guys to pray. You don't need to pray out loud, you pray in your head. But I'm gonna, and it's gonna, for some of you it's gonna feel awkward. You're gonna be like, this is silence. There might be babies that cry. We're just gonna go with it. That's fine. But I'm gonna give you a moment to pray because I don't know about you, but sometimes we're so rushed in life, we don't actually stop. We think about the coffee machine that needs doing after this or extra fairy floss or I don't know what you got on for the rest of your day. Right now, we're gonna take some time to just pray. So I'm gonna pray and then I'll finish up when I feel like you're all had some time or you're really awkward. Let me pray. Father God, I firstly thank you that we can come to you. Lord, that we can be in a relationship with you. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for what you've done on the cross. Lord God, I thank you for the relationship that we can have with you, Lord God, where you meet us right where we're at, Lord God, whether we're wrestling with these questions, Lord God, or whether we're right out the other side praising you and praying every day, Lord Jesus. You meet us right where we're at. So as we come, And we pray before you now, will you speak to us, I pray. Father God, there are people in this room who are asking, are you even real? There are people online that are asking that question, are you even real? I pray right now that you will reveal yourself to them that you will show them that you want a deep and intimate relationship with them. You are walking alongside them. You are with them. Father God, I thank you for the privilege that it is to pray. I thank you for the privilege that it is to be in a relationship with you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that we can be people who carve out time to pray. 
who make prayer a part of our whole lives, Lord Jesus, who constantly want to communicate with you, who constantly want to walk in relationship with you. Lord, forgive us for the times when we have not, Lord Jesus. Forgive us for the times when we have put ourselves above you, our will above yours. And Lord, meet us when the cries are the cries of our heart, Lord God, have not been answered in the way we would want, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, come and remind us that you are still in control, Lord Jesus. Because Father, we thank you that you are good, that you are holy, that you are just. And tonight, we thank you for prayer. We thank you that we can read our scriptures, that we can go to church, Lord God. But Father, we thank you that we can pray and we can hear your voice. So Lord, I pray for every person that makes time this week to spend with you in prayer. Lord God, will you meet them there? Will you speak to them? Will you enrich their lives, Lord God, and remind them of who you are in their lives, Lord? Will you speak to them, I pray? Thank you, Lord, for who you are, what you've done and what you continue to do. We praise you, Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. Hey, why don't you stand, church? We're gonna worship. And I just wanna encourage you in that one line. You will seek me and find me when you seek, search for me with all your heart. Let's do that in worship now. Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you are able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We would love to hear from our listeners. To connect with us or to financially support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.